welcome to Bubbling Up with your host Joe Sori and Steve Ramosi. We're going to be talking comics and comic-related stuff, and you're going to listen to us talk comics and comic-related stuff. Look, this is how podcasts work. I don't make the rules, okay? If all that sounds good to you, then keep listening, because here comes the show. Here we go. Hey there, comic crushers. Welcome to Bubbling Up, an adult conversation on the wide world of comics. I'm your host, most unable to stick to one topic, Joe Soria, along with the king of cool, Steve Armosi. Hey. Hey. (laughs) On today's show, we'll be talking a lot about things that we've been reading and our media diets to give you some quick insight to what we're digging, what we're not, and maybe some things to check out over the next few months. If you have any thoughts, as always, notes, diatribes, hatred. Oh, I don't know about We talked about keeping that to yourself. Yeah. But like, you know, constructive criticism or questions, you can email us bubblinguppod at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram at bubblinguppod and Facebook also at bubblinguppod. Make sure if you're listening on all those great podcast apps, you rate us, you review us, and you just, uh, you know, share. Just like we're sharing with you, you share with somebody else. That's what we're asking. Just a little bit of, just a little bit of sharing. So after all that drivel, Steve, why don't you start us out with a couple of things from your stack? Start piling on. All right. Let's see. What's on the stack? I want to go back into a, a writer who we have talked about before. Actually, the first one, I think, that we ever had uh, that we ever talked about and as James Tanyan the fourth currently writing something is killing children Batman he's doing a lot of Batman and Batman and I think is he doing Department of Truth or is that that's him else? too yeah yeah that's him too yeah yeah okay so an early book that he did done now but uh, it's like an eight trade marathon I'm in the middle of right now the woods and I think he won a couple awards for this one it's James Tanyan the fourth and uh, Michael Dialinus, really interesting fantasy slash sci-fi slash strangely historical fiction about this school that gets transplanted from Earth to some unknown planet and the kids and teachers kind of have to try and find a way to survive. Very cool story, very interesting character dynamics and madcap antics that happen in this, on this alien planet. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I highly suggest it. Like I said, I'm halfway through it now, so I'm like four trades in. I think it's eight or nine total. And it's been a good read. I think you mentioned it to me, and I, I saw it's a... Uh, I might not even be there at that point, but I believe Hoopla, the free uh, library app, it's one of the free bonus borrows. You can take the first trade for free, I believe. Nice. So, if you have... Um, I will say the reason that I started reading it is because I recently got Comixology and I'll give Amazon this shout out, I guess. If you have Comixology, all of the trades are available to just take on Comixology. You, you, there's a bunch of like free stuff on there. And if you ha- if you subscribe and all of the trades are there. So you've sucked my time uh, as well from that. Now I can tell you that I've just got stumbled and you'll be hearing about it shortly about that. That's for sure. Since you mentioned Tinian, I know we said one or two. I want to mention that I did read Tinian's mostly Joker War saga. I'm holding them up for Steve. Ooh, he yeah, is yeah. the driver of this one, which is basically a mixed bag of all the Batman comics. So not all these are written by him. I think there's a Tim Seeley. So there's a Batgirl in here. There's a Batwoman. There's a Nightwing. There's a Robin. But the main thread is a Tinian series of the Joker taking over Wayne Enterprises and becoming a billionaire and basically rebranding all the Batman stuff into Joker stuff. So like the Batwing is now the Joker wing and has like a big (laughs) smile underneath it. So it's, you know, he's lost all his money. I feel like I don't know a ton of Batman history. I'm sure it's happened before, but I thought this was done very, very well. There's some choppy pieces in there. There's all kinds of art styles in here. They're brought in from so many. I don't even want to list everybody that's in here, but we have Tinian, Castellucci, Tomasi, Lobdell, and Humphreys, John Ridley, Ram V. There was a one mm-hmm. a one-off by Ram V, our friend that I had here that was actually quite cool. Uh, very dark story. This also involves the post-death of Alfred, which I don't know, spoiler somewhere, but Alfred gets murdered and this is like him <laughs> dealing with Alfred dying and then bringing the family back together. Oh, no. So Jorge Jimenez does the main art and Jordi Belair does the coloring, which that's mm-hmm. kind of a standard and our friend Clayton Cowles. So, you know, it's, I looked up, do you know what VC is? I never knew that until I read a 1990s comic recently. It's virtual calligraphy. Virtual calligraphies, Clayton Kells, 
does the main move. So there's different versions of it, of just the Tinian. There's kind of a mixed version. This is the 13, where it's kind of mixed together, 13 or 14 issues, where it's like all the stories of Catwoman and Barbara. And there's this like running theme of a, a Joker hunter, which is kind of pretty cool. Someone who's actually violent against the Joker versus Batman who's won't kill him. Right. So it's a, he's a clown hunter, his name is. So he actually <laughs> hunts all the clowns. I wouldn't say this is the top of the heap. It was a little bit of a, a chop read, but the Tinian part was nice and dark. And I say Batman's really in good hands between him and, and Tom King right now, if you are into the capes. Awesome. Well, speaking of capes, I have the one cape book that I'm buying right now because I can't, ignore how good the art is and i love the writer supergirl woman of tomorrow tom king bilkis evley is doing the art and matthias lopez is doing the coloring and all three of those are hitting on every single cylinder Hmm. if you are at all interested in looking at a beautiful comic book or reading a solid (laughs) story just look up a couple images of Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It's the third issue just dropped actually today. This is a Tuesday because DC drops comic books on Tuesdays now for some reason. Uh, They last year blew up the whole thing of comic books coming out only on Wednesdays and DC's. It's like a movie coming out on on a Thursday, you know? Like, what the hell's going on? So Supergirl, three issues in. This is the first book that I've bought issue by issue in probably 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And it's worth it. I want to buy this issue by issue just so I can say that I have this art Mm -hmm. (laughs) in its original form. And, you know, if they ever do like some kind of, I think it's gonna be a 12 issue maxi series. So I'm sure I will get that omnibus at some point as well. Tom King's omnibuses are awesome. As we've discussed the vision one a few times, that omnibus is probably my favorite because it has so much great extra stuff too in it. But uh, I saw that we were talking about comic day. I saw that on the shelf and I thought of, because you had mentioned it, but I couldn't find the first issue there, only the second. And I was like, Mm, that, so. that same exact thing happened to me and I bought the second issue and then I bought the first issue on Comixology so I could read it and then read the second issue and I went back on Free Comic Book Day and they had the first issue restocked so I picked mm. that up I, the, I picked up the last the last one <laughs> All right, I'll have to get it I guess I'll, I'll start because the other one that also I believe Tom King I did not have it on the stack because if it was, you have their predecessor up in front of you, the the Rorschach series, which is, I know, hot, hot heat, but they were up to issue 11 already. And I kind of missed it. Maybe I'll just start doing the issue by issue, but I don't know. I feel like I'm right there or I feel like just, I can wait. Yeah. I'm sure they're awesome. Like, Tom King just has great collaborators visually where, you know, we've talking about great pairs lately. Tom King does a lot of different ones, just like kind of Lemire, but they're all just uh, kind of great collaboration. So uh, I am obviously looking forward to anything Mr. King does. All right. So let me do another Cape then too, because I think we're talking about maybe doing this at some point. I don't know if I want to anymore. It took me a long time to read House of X, Dawn of X. Jonathan Hickman has a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah um i've read a lot of his stuff and i want to believe as they'd say um <laughs> you know i want to hope i just don't know what i'm supposed to be looking at sometimes and maybe that's just my disease where i want to finish everything i read this at least like in four different sittings i have no idea what fucking happened i don't know where croco is there's a lot of maps there's a lot of graphs there's a lot of infographics Interesting. Yeah. What's that? There's tons of infographics of explaining different things and the levels of interconnectedness and zero to 10 interconnected planets leads to a Plaploa and whatever. I don't know. I might have to take this one off the schedule, Steve, unless uh, I was trying to because I thought it like it's going to be the beginning of something. But how do you turn this into a movie? I don't know what you do with this, honestly. This is like a mindfuck city. So hopefully... It sounds like know. it's my it's my cup of tea. I, I like. That. Have you not read this one? I like. No, I haven't. I, oh well, maybe you'll. I'm very behind. I'm like, I like. You know, I haven't read Cape stuff, and but but I do. I I've never read House of M. This art is beautiful. I'll give him that. I think it's Laraz Silva Garcia. It really is beautiful, and it has a lot of energy and thought behind it. You could tell there's a Bible, <laughs> you know, a yeah. huge Bible. It's very biblical, religious. It's got these kind of cool vibes and titles and all the things we 
It has this repetition, but it's extremely confusing. Challenging. <laughs> I guess the nicest word is challenging. So while I say Joker War was challenging, but still pretty straightforward, House of X, if you're looking for the deepest of cape depth, I have one more deep cape depth coming up that I enjoy more. But this one, I know there's a lot going on there and there's a lot more expanded universe. Eh, that's what I would say with Mr. Hickman. If you like his other stuff, go into it. If you've read his other stuff and haven't been able to get too far into it, I would just find another superhero to enjoy. I will say uh, my only other cape stuff is, is in TV and movie world. I've got a few more indie comics over here. How many more? Uh, how many? Hundred. I, I have a thousand. Oh, right, superheroes! Right, go, I have. I have everything. I have it I'll all. Go into my next one then. Go ahead. No, go, <laughs> go. No, do the shows. Yeah, do it. Do a show or two if you want. All right. All right. Well, yeah. well. As you know, we we did a little bit of covering Loki. Loki just ended. I wanted to give a final shout out to that and like cap it off. I thought it ended in the way the kind of that it had to in that they open up the universe to a lot of other things without going into very much specifics. But I think that for the most part, it was good about how it did what it had to do. It introduced a very interesting character who I am going to like seeing acting as different versions of himself throughout the next (laughs) however long, because I like this guy, but I don't want to ruin the end of Loki if you haven't seen it. So I won't say who it is, but it's a guy who's going to have a bunch of variants throughout the Marvel universe. I think, Mm. I Uh, think there's going to be a variance of variants. I think uh, someone very charming will be around for years to come. I think we're going to learn that death isn't death in superheroes. Like they learned in the comics many, many years ago that the end is not the end. I was pretty enthralled actually with Loki overall. I mean, there's some choppy bits in the middle but I loved the all the shout outs to like not just modern comics, but film. I thought there was a great job of them being standalone episodes that had different vibes. I know if you listen deep into a lot of other podcasts and books, it talks about how much they loved Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. And like there were these inspirations that were the train episode and the sitting at the end of the world episode. And But it was darker. It was completely unexpected. I was just thinking we we're going to get a prison break show and it would have been fine. This was the first show. I'll say WandaVision 2, but I, I kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. This is the one that I've gotten the most, more than I expected, and I was very happy with it. So Loki, for some reason, if, you, if you're watching Marvel stuff and haven't watched Loki, uh, yeah, I mean, we won't super spoil, but we're both double thumbing up. I'll do one more comic, and then you can do the other series in there. My two comic series that I, I did, a, the full complete of the Black Widow Mark Wade series. W-A-I-D, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really good. I've read a couple of Black Widow stuff and I feel like it's actually quite excellent. And I don't want to spoil what I thought of the movie, but not as excellent. The comics are far exceed and lay the groundwork for excellent character work in comparison, in my opinion. The other one is a another unfilmable, in my opinion, is the Immortal Hulk, the Al Ewing series. Wow. I've been been devouring these as much as I can because again, Heavy. I mean, heavy. Uh, The man goes to hell or the being, the beast. There are all these variants of Hulk that I don't really know about. I'm sorry. So I don't know the different versions that makes it a little hard for me. And I'm trying to do it without getting spoiled. But I think if you say the House of X stuff is like in fantasy realm where it's like deep, deep, like texts and tomes and histories and characters and families and everything else, the Immortal Hulk is the most like Proustian, like, uh, or Dante's Inferno, or it's very literary. And I think Al Ewing, who I've read in some other stuff, this is just taking to another level. They say it's a, you know, the, the ultimate horror comic. This is not a comic just about the Hulk smashing. This is really kind of the brain and deep depths of like where the soul is. And there's a whole, you know, offshoot issue. I just ran into that episode. It's not even a spoiler, but there's one issue that's just basically not related. It's like a bottle episode of a show where, it's like the creation of the world with there's different ampersands inside of it. And it's talking about little fairies and dust and particles. And, and you're like, what's going on here? If you're in for a mind fuck, I'm not finished, but I think I'm through volume five in the trades of Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Bennett. Creepy as fuck, horrifying, not for fun times, but uh, definitely worth, worth a read. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I got through like four of those or maybe f- even five before I stopped reading. Not for not because I didn't love it, but just, you know, for whatever other reason. But um, Immortal Hulk, I was a big fan of. We have to talk about what if just started. And what if we didn't? 
<laughs> we got to talk about it. Mark that on the tag. So yeah. we'll use that in, in the some other thing, universe. Right? We don't talk about this, but it's certainly not going to be this one. Um, I will say, I'll say this. The first episode I enjoyed because I thought there were good fight scenes. I thought a lot of the dialogue wasn't that great. And I like the idea of what if, just because like, I'm a, I'm a fan of the idea of what if from like when it was a comic. And I think that there will be better episodes than than this one. But the first episode is about what if Peggy was Captain Britain, basically, instead of Steve was Captain America. Isn't Captain Carter the coach of the basketball team with Samuel Jackson? Is that where? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> it was Coach Carter. Coach I Carter. Think. Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. But he's, oh, wait, you mean Nick Fury, right? Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah. He's in that too, though. So, um. but uh, yeah. <laughs> But like, I don't know. I, I I was hoping for more from this, and I think that we'll get more from later episodes. This one was like the initial opener, bunch of action, which the action scenes were kind of cool. I thought, but I want to see better from what if. I mean, if to me this is like you know when you go to a restaurant and they bring out like a, a mo- they call it what the mousse bouche or just the bread, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm fucking starving. I'm gonna eat this, and then the bread is like hard and the butter is bad or something. Like that's what this is. It's like I was ready to be interested. I know I'm an animation hater in essence. Like I don't hate animated art. But I have not been able to hook into many of these animated series. I do like Harley Quinn. I like the snarky stuff. But some of this other stuff, I've just not been able to dig. And this was just all the things I didn't like. The action sequences, like you said, were pretty good. Everything else, first of all, I didn't even really care much for the first Captain Avenger movie. I don't really care about it for another origin story. I don't care about taking an inverted version of an origin story that I barely could sit through the first time that made me not want to watch anything with Captain America for the rest of my <laughs> life, pretty much. And so I don't know if it's just the, why are we watching this again? More, uh, more Bucky. We're just trying to throw all these characters in here and like shove it in for 30 minutes. It just, just felt like really forced. And I understand it's kind of like a taste test, like a give you a flavor of it without like maybe giving you the super mind fuck i'm down for like go crazy what if ideally i've never read the comics i know what the premise is i know that there are some good appearances in the offing i hear that the last you know chadwick boseman appearances in here somewhere so i'll be checking out i think this is the type of show it's like um like reading a magazine if there's a character i'm not interested i'm gonna skip it and if someone <laughs> tells me it's great i will even for 30 35 minutes I told you, I think I fell asleep. I mean, three times watching. I could like, I literally watched the ending. I was like watching the ending and I was like, what happened to the ending? And I watched it again. I'm like, that's what happened. Like that's that what happened. That, that I already saw that movie. And then we're just doing it this way. And this is what Marvel decided to do with three years lead up. Like the animation kind of looks stodgy and classic, but also not good. Like if this was a comic book, I'd be like, this is the most average animation I've ever seen. <laughs> but when they showed it there, it was a little kind of fifties, forties ish, but too nice. I don't know. Thumbs down. I know we're not doing videos, but uh, I got it down. And <laughs> he is thumbing, thumbing down. I am thumbing down, and I uh, thumbing down with with an eye because I know it's going to be. It's the only thing around when it comes to that. But I've got plenty of other things I'm enjoying, and I'd rather read. I have Captain America: Winter Soldier standing right here from Brubaker. I'm halfway through, so I'd rather read that than than watch another What If. So I will turn down What If. Why don't we do the other other show or movie or whatever, Steve-O? Uh, I think I'm done with capes, too. Well, I've got a couple more, but I think what you're referring to, maybe the one that we talked about before the show, Why the Last Man is coming out. No, 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 no. The movie, no. Why the Last Man was Oh, oh, the, yeah. oh the movie, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, Black Widow just came out, if we're talking about Marvel. And this is another one that was like, I thought it was like, the dialogue was clever. It was pretty funny. Uh, I thought that the fight scenes, actually, I thought the fight scenes were like reminiscent of John Wick fight scenes, which is pretty impressive. Better than most of the Marvel fight scenes that look like you can't fucking tell what the fuck is going on at all. I will give it that. Like you, you, you have that, there's a fight scene in like an apartment that just felt like it was straight out of a John Wick or like Atomic Blonde scene. I don't love Scarlett Johansson usually the same in this, but I do love Florence Pugh and I thought she was good in this. Maybe a little like mugging for the camera, but (laughs) this movie was, should have been a TV show. And I know that it can't go the other way, but like, if you were talking like 
mystery of the week, like going in doing these missions as like that, it might've been better off because when it was set, this movie lost me right away. I didn't read reviews, but I'm sure many people, maybe I'm a elitist. Oh, this, this is trash. This, the, this, uh, this, never mind. <laughs> this, this, you know, you had me at blank. You lost me as sells like Teen Spirit. I mean, you, I have a rule of hating cover songs in trailers to open the movie with that was like sacrilegious vomit toilet seat. And it's like, they're going to be doing this stuff with all of this shit flashing over that it's supposed to be playing in the story. We're abusing all these kids and everything else. And those lyrics, the way that they're just displayed, the slow pacing, which just was the opposite of angst. I, I just felt like... It was absolutely terrible. I'm sorry. I tried to be like not super protective of my my youth. I no one can avoid that, but I mean that was just like bad flavor. And then it had a good fight, a good little chase scene. It had the good like something with the plane, and we're flying all over and everything else. And you have all the family members, and all of them are good. And then you have these 40 minute boring dinner scenes. It's like that we forget that like those are the parts that matter, I guess, in essence, like for the furtherance of the story and connecting to them. But they were not good so you had four really good actors like i don't love scarlett johansson but she is a talented actress who's been nominated for multiple oscars has led multiple good action movies that aren't marvel movies i don't know what is about disney and marvel but they this black widow is is awful first of all she doesn't look like she can even run i don't know what she's doing when she runs sometimes but like i was watching the superman movie from the 70s that looked more realistic when he was running on the side (laughs) next to a train so I don't know. Just spoiled from the beginning. There are some good fight scenes. It's fine. Florence Pugh is fine. David Harbour is funny and fine. Just felt like a $200 million version of that Jennifer Lawrence movie that no one wanted to watch without the nudity. I mean, I don't know. So I'm just done with the Russian. Red Sparrow or whatever. Red Sparrow, whatever it's called. Yeah. I mean, bad accents, no accents, mixed accents. Like I hate all that. Like you got all these like box ticking and then like a random bad guy with bad accents that also got rid of it. Cause he's really British. And you're just like, I don't care about any of this. Like save the girls. I, yeah, I want, I don't want anyone to be abused. Okay. I understand that. I'm all with saving the ladies, no more abuse, no more abusive children, but I am not for, this story, there were some, like I said, that Black Widow arc. There's another Black Widow arc that I read that I loved. I think the Red Room needs to be retired 100%. No more Red Room. All done. And I don't get all the friends and all the people at the end of it. And he just, he just blew everything up. He's like, okay, you're free. That doesn't help. That's like American foreign policy, to be honest. Like, it doesn't help. Blow it up and like, okay, I'll help you. Like, it doesn't it doesn't help. All the Avengers, we have a big building. Who lives in the Avengers building anyway? Maybe they could put them in the Avengers building. Then maybe they saved them. I don't know. So I'm all good on Black Widow. I know the Florence Pugh is going to show up in the Hawkeye series, which is another shit character, but uh, hopefully will be the best arc of that shit character in an interesting way. They, they so, have to take the fraction. Yeah. Run. Finger, yeah. Fingers crossed that they don't poo-poo that one. So I've got it right here. I don't think I have any more capes, but I have people that wear capes. So... Thanks to you and your comicsology recommendation, I've read now, I think, nine Star Wars books. And I'm not a Star Wars enthusiast, <laughs> but I has literally spent the last two weeks reading this early Star Wars series written by Jason Aaron. The Jason Aaron Star Wars series from like 2016, oh which are just like great. I mean, yeah. they're fucking great. They're just like great page turners, honestly. And the Darth Vader with the Carrion Gillen. Who also did like the, isn't that the Wicked and the Divine? So we have good yeah. writers. You've got solid art. You've got interesting parts. Maybe I missed Star Wars because I missed like the last three of them. I didn't. Not that I didn't like them. I just wasn't in love with them. There wasn't anything new in them at all. These were like offshoots deeper into Job the Hut, deeper into these lands. You got a little more time to play, and they didn't have to spend three hundred million dollars, and it didn't feel as fake. So. Yeah. I really enjoy them. I don't know if you've ever read them, but I like Jason Aaron. Obviously, I love Scalped. We talked about talking and doing a Southern Bastards episode. The art is just very solid. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I've just been flying through them. They're all on Comixology. There's so much of them. There's so much offshoots. There's a Darth Maul series. I don't want to get super lost here, but it just kicks, you know, it just kicks. It has fun. You get to get back to the characters when you like them. It's basically like between the first... And the second movie, right? I think it's right after the, the destruction of the Death Star into the second movie. So it's before the Clone Wars. I didn't read, you know, I'm not into the comic and I'm not even into the cartoon shows, right? Mm-hmm. But I do like these. So maybe it'll get me into it. It's Jason, Aaron, and Karen Gillan 
I have the artists. I have uh, Angel and Zetta and Mike Mayhew. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people involved in these because they were plying them out. So I'll be honest. But all of them in tandem did a solid job. And it's a nice added piece of the canon and different areas and adventures and added characters and Obi-Wan. Maybe this is where they're going to take the Obi-Wan series from a little bit too, I hope. So definitely adds a lot for me. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Let me go to my one more cape thing, quote unquote cape thing. Cape adjacent. Cape adjacent, I guess. Suicide Squad. The movie just came out on HBO Max. And I feel like you're not going to like, I feel like you didn't like this movie, but I (laughs) dug it. I had a fucking great time with this flick. Did you have a great time at the movies? I hope you, if you went, did you see it in the theaters? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I watched it. I watched it in my, in my living room, but I had a lot of fun watching it. In my living room. Was there a Nirvana cover in it? I missed it. Hopefully it wasn't. Not, so not, not to my memory. No. Just a hundred other music. You know what? You know what though? The, the, <laughs> I thought that the music choices were pretty fucking good in this movie. Yeah, he knows Except for maybe the Johnny Cash right in the beginning. It was a little bit on the nose, but. Uh, well, the I remix, like, like the weird remix Johnny Cash. It was like. A, was it a remix? I thought yeah, it was, it was like a, it was like a drugged out like version of Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah. But it was Johnny Cash singing. It wasn't like a fucking cover. Not a cover. Just a modern <laughs> remix, yeah. Just a remix. But anyway, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a funny movie. There were multiple points where I was just laughing out loud. And it's like the next step from where we were with like Deadpool, which is another movie that I liked. And now if you're not a huge fan of the, that type of like taking the piss out of the superhero, the super meta take on that, then... Obviously, your mileage may vary for sure. I mean, maybe that's not even it, but I thought it was a lot of fun and a gore fest that <laughs> DC has been missing. And, and honestly, I thought it was probably the best movie that DC has put out. <laughs> yeah. My mileage uh, is varying. Um, it's the best non-Nolan era DC movie, but sure. that doesn't say anything. Yeah. That doesn't so, say anything. No. I, I, I know people will go like, oh, say default to like, well, Wonder Woman. If you watch Wonder Woman again, I'll be honest, it's it's fine. It's pretty good. It just has a good effort that it is a female focused story and has some other things. It's not really that great a movie, to be honest. It's it's not bad. It's not awful. Okay, like right. the other stuff. Like most it's, of DC's stuff. Right, it's fine. This movie, it's balls out trying hard. It's trying to beat Marvel to the punch of when they do bring back like a Deadpool into the Marvel universe. A lot of these movies, it needed an editor. I know now we don't edit movies because then you get the requested Snyder cut. The original Suicide Squad got edited to fucking shit. So uh, Uh, I'm going to guarantee you it wasn't good without it. I know we have all this editing to shit and giving them credit. I didn't watch the four hour Snyder cut. I didn't watch the two hour version of Justice League. Guarantee (laughs) you both of them suck. I'll make a bet without watching them. This movie needed an editor too. I liked the ideas. I liked the the way they kind of cordoned off Harley and had the political thing. They figured out that they don't have to do Russians or Chinese. So they just did Latin America for their villains. You know, you got to pick somebody that you're allowed to do it still. I have something wrong with Idris Elba. I love Idris Elba as an idea. And then I see him in these movies and I think, yeah, no, thanks. Like, I, 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 I mean, in the Thor movies, it's just the most like egregious misuse underuse of a human being on planet earth. Like he must spend 10 times as much time in makeup chairs than in those movies, like to get like eyeballs and hair, lot dreadlocks and that fucking gold costume and whatever they put on him as Heimdall, you know, it's, it's awful. It's sacrilegious, but he's fine. Just some of the jokes were funny. The way they did like kind of the backstory of all of them in a good way, but not too heavy handed, the creepy polka dot thing, but it was just like too much. He needed someone to like throttle him back. Just like a touch. It felt too much like watching crank. Is that what's called crank? The one where, where Jason Statham can't stop it or like hardcore Henry or Harry or whatever it's called, where it's purposefully like hyper, like, duh, 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 and I'm not young anymore. So maybe I'm not made for video. Like, it's a video game movie. Yeah. I'm not a video game, like a super video gamer. So to me, there's just a little too much. I appreciated the touches. I appreciated some of the needle drops. I appreciated, I love when they are creative with the titles involved and the little like chapters and all that stuff. You know, all the fun that people can have visually introducing characters, the monkeys, the animals the Stallone version of I am Groot with the fucking shark, you know, all, <laughs> everything. Basically he just took the guardians, 
made it R-rated and got Harley Quinn in it too, but they didn't go to space. And there's a little less charm, honestly, in the movie. Like it's missing. I don't love Chris Pratt, but Chris Pratt holds, I think, the Guardians together as like a more fun-loving, smarmy version. There's no one in here enjoying themselves. It's really bleak, I guess. And it's just like, it's missing like something really relieving in it. Everyone is like really fucked up to the max. (laughs) And even the boss, there's no like boss that they're fucking over. Like even the boss in the beginning is a dipshit. So no one is good. I don't know. I think I look at Harley like filling that role, but I don't know if you know, I mean, you probably do because you know a lot more about movies than I do, but like James Gunn started off doing like trauma movies I think he did Tromeo and Juliet or whatever the hell it was. I think this one was called. I feel like that came through a lot more on this one is like, he's just like, all right, I'm going like uber gross out, just intensely visceral type of movie. And that's like getting back to like, yeah, I think his base, which may certainly is not for everybody. Like those trauma movies are not, <laughs> not everybody loves them. In fact, I don't love most of them, but like, yeah, the hyper violence here was, I mean, a little, I don't know who it could not be too much for. I mean, and I know it's not supposed to glorify it, but it's just the body and the, and the sounds and the ripping and the body and the half and the eating of animals. Like the characters when they weren't killing people were actually pretty interesting. And then these fight scenes just, became x-rated walking dead scenes i just wasn't enjoyable and then by the end you're not like who am i rooting for these are brutal people and scumbags and like i understand that's the point but it just still feels like there's something missing there where there's um a human element in this movie like that i should care that anyone survives potentially because i didn't care at the end i know we care that harley survives i guess you know because she ain't gonna die but everyone else is expendable it's the expendables i know what it is i mean they made the expendables (laughs) yeah it's just it's missing a little bit of a core that was i think was grounded in the marvel dumb that i i appreciated more we skipped over an element that i enjoyed but then also turned awful was the was the john cena part to be honest i thought it was pretty good and very funny in the beginning and then it also became like an evil Rambo. I mean, so to me, for that because he's getting his own. Show. I know, written by and directed by James Gunn. So I mean, I'm sure I'll try to watch it. But if we're just gonna do more of that, uh, I don't know. I maybe I have to watch it again. I think if I watch it in theaters, maybe I watch it with more people that enjoyed it because the people I watched with did not enjoy it at all, like Cero. So really? we did it the Friday night, and it's like we, you know, I watch a lot of movies here, and I have a friend who we watch a lot of shit together. And too long, even at home, if you chopped it up, I just, I could spend forever. We've done hours on movies before. So I sound like you had some more protection for James Gunn and, and his styles. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I could, I see your point. <laughs> it's a lot. It's uh, it's super stylized. It's uh, just this like very intense gore fest <laughs> for a it's an acquired taste but I, I like the i like the john wick comparison right because the thing about john wick is it's bloody but it's in the dark and he's doing it for a purpose in essence kind of and i know that they gave idris elbow like the purpose where his daughter's not going to go to jail and get killed or raped or whatever she's threatening i know the premise i know what this yeah. is i've learned a couple of times what the suicide squad is but it feels like American brutalism at its its max and the redemption angle is missing a little, a little bit more. I just like a little, like a little bit more, like they had a lot more sunlight than the DC Schneiders. You know, it's not all grainy and schnot, <laughs> snotty and gr- ugly. I kind of wish it had a little more of the flair of the Harley Quinn, the regular movie or even the comic of the TV show because they had a little more fun in it. That movie, the problem was, it was just lost. I think the Harley Quinn birds of prayer, whatever it was called. It had really great moments when it was with her and like the passion and like her betrayal and distraughtness. And here it was like, she just turned on a diamond spoiler. She murders a guy, like one of the, like the bad guys just out of nowhere. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And that's it. You know, like after like romancing, it was, it was very awkward and purposely surprising, but it was just for shock value, I think, and not really earned or redeemed or redemptive and makes you, I think, less interested in the character personally. Oh man, I, we could go into this for a long time. I think it's, I think that was a brilliant move on a couple of levels. A, he's a scumbag, but. Well, yeah, she like does, has that whole explanation afterwards, which like explains why she did it, right? Which I understand, like she's absolutely a fucking psychopath who's able and like has proven herself capable of something like that before. And B, it really makes her feel like the new Joker 
kind of character who is like just yeah. an agent of chaos in this fucking movie and yeah. like takes the the guy that you think is going to be the big bad and like completely just throws him out of a fucking window and like all right now we gotta figure out what happens when this guy is removed from the situation and i thought it like did that pretty well uh-huh. like i kind of like that move to be honest but okay. we shouldn't talk about suicide squad for the next <laughs> 45 minutes. Oh, it seems like we had a lot to say about it. Yeah. So we can uh, save it for something else or the next. There's some Marvel movies coming out that I mind going deep into that I don't know anything about. It won't have any preconceived notions and have Oscar award winning directors from this year. Coming up <laughs> um, soon. <laughs> you know, and they're not directed or under the DC or Warner Brothers banner that I think have a stink for me. So, okay. You picked that one out, but let me, I don't have a ton. I know you said you had some more. Let me let you go on them. And then I have a few, one or two more that I'm in the middle, but not finished with. So, all right. I'm going to jump back to comics real quick. I'm reading currently this book called Eve. It's four issues in. It's uh, by Victor Lavelle. Illustrator is Joe Mi Kyung and colors are Brittany Peer. It's a miniseries apocalypse story, as we've been talking about a lot lately. But this is kind of like a like an ecological disaster slash disease kind of apocalypse. It's a really interesting, like evolving mystery as to like the main character, what her deal is like where she came from who her like parents are and things like she kind of wakes up in a vat one day and a robot (laughs) teddy bear comes by she's still like a child a robot teddy bear comes by and says like okay we gotta go save the world and like that's kind of how it starts and so it's gonna be five issues or four in it's been really good so far it's been a pretty good overall ride and i love these like super long uh comics titles but like it's nice to have one every once in a while where it's like all right five issues and i'm done yep. know it and i'm gonna get in and get out so really enjoying that one i definitely recommend it check it out eve nice. eve i'm gonna recommend ice cream man i am uh catching up on some of the ones i had not read on ice cream man which is i think one of the most interesting <laughs> creepy Hitchcockian Twilight Zone type series around. I don't know. I've never heard anyone talk much about it. We might have mentioned it before. Have you ever read it or you've read them all or? No, I, I, so like it's, I, it is like a big deal among like the comic, comic around. Like if you're like in on, like it's not like something that I think a lot of people who are like casual comics readers are reading, but like everybody. In comics, when that yeah. started coming out, it was a big thing. And what is it like five or six trades in this? Point? Five or six trades, but they're like four issues each. They're they're all very like strong, but they're they're kind of like Wandavision, where each issue is a different thing, where it's like yeah. almost a different sitcom. So, but it's mm-hmm. in the horror vein, and it's with this recurring character. And I think it's I think it's pretty ingenious. The art is is also fantastic. So you have uh, W. Maxwell Prince is the creator. Uh, and the early writer, and then Martin Marazzo. I don't really know them either from much else, but I really just really, really dig these. They're kind of creepy bedtime stories or whatever you want to say. I don't usually, uh, you know, inhale them. I kind of let them simmer a little. So I do kind of give myself some morsels. This isn't the kind of ice cream you're going to want to eat probably or shove in your mouth, but very creepy, very off, very kilter. Probably kind of we're just talking about with Suicide Squad where it's purely evil and it's obvious, but it's also playful and in an interesting way and in a cool and intelligent way and not over the top of it. That's what I think it is. It's, it's creepy in its storytelling and not just creepy in its visuals. I really, really dig ice cream man. I think I'm on volume three or volume four. Or I'm not even sure, but always enjoy it. A little bit of ice cream man. I do definitely. That's on my list. And I think a new book in like kind of the same Vane came out. It's called Ha Ha or something like that. Recently, it might be the, even the same creators. If we hadn't done as much horror recently, I would have probably put it on there because I, I like doing things like this where it seems like there's not like mega, like there's popularity, but there's not some kind of mega coverage. I think it's worthy of discussion and deeper discussion because I'm really, I know people just go to Reddit or whatever, but I don't like to do Reddit discussions generally. So maybe I'll have to go and find the uh, ice cream man Reddit area. I probably don't want to find it, but yeah. And by the way, that, that is W Maxwell Prince is doing this book called ha ha sad clown stories. And it's like, you know, kind of a, I, I guess a spiritual successor to ice cream man, but I want to check out both of those for sure. I think there's one trade of ha ha out. 
at this point. My next one, I just today read Cover, a book by Brian Michael Bendis and David Mack, colors by Zoo Orzu, lettering by Carlos Manuel. This is under Bendis's Jinx World imprint, which is actually... So it used to be DC imprint. Now I believe they just moved to, I think, Dark Horse recently. And they're like rebooting powers under that and a few other books. But cover is the story of this comic writer who gets tapped to be like a CIA operative, like undercover operative, because comic book artists and writers kind of travel the globe, go to all these conventions all over the place. They have the perfect cover for being in those places. And this kind of apparently is like somewhat based on a real story or loosely based on a, on a real story, which is kind of cool. And I believe like David Mack has had some interesting experiences with his, I think he's like some kind of uh, ambassador or like go between for the U.S. government and some other governments out there. So I've been reading Bendis forever love his old stuff, especially on like Ultimate Spider-Man and stuff like that. And David Mack is a fantastic artist. If you guys don't know who this guy is, check him out. He is awesome. Cover is the name of the book. Cover, not covered. C-O-V, like just cover like... Cover, C-O-V-E-R. Okay, cool. Yeah, he told me about that right before the show and uh, definitely sounds uh, something I will will seek. That is... Also, one last thing. Tom King himself has said that this is uh, very accurate to kind of how a lot of this stuff goes down. So Tom King, formerly of, I guess, the CIA. I don't know if he said he's some kind of special agent. So Tom King was reckless. Is that what you're saying? He was infiltrating. (laughs) This could call back our previous episode. He was a FBI informant who then gets blown up, as they say. All right. I'm going to do a couple of quickies. I feel like we are, we, we were trying to make these shorter, but we feel like we could talk we're going, forever. So we're going, long we're going long. Fuck it. Do it live. All right. So we've talked a bunch about my boy, Jeff, but I did read Barbellion, which was a standout, interesting one shot of the background of one of the characters from the world of Black Hammer. It is very much set in the AIDS era, gay culture, uh, New York City riots. That's one of the big things about Barbellion is he's like a gay alien that has a lot of trouble and dealing with his identity and stuff. So he has a co-writer that also was like a gay rights activist in it and it has a different artist. So it has very specific art to the Barbellion that it's not 100%. A lot of it's like inspired by the Black Hammer universe, but not exactly. So I believe it's yeah, Jeff Lemire is the writer. The co-writer I'm going to get is uh, Tate Brumball. And then the artist is Walta, who I know Walta's done a lot of stuff. I want to say he might have done why the last night. He did the vision. The guy who did vision has done the art. So if nothing else, and the new Doctor Strange series, he did the Hickman Fantastic Four that I'm not as familiar with, but he does some very, he did Sentient for Jeff Lemire also and Magneto. And, you know, he's got a whole, a whole list here. So this seemed to be kind of like a mixture, interesting passion project offshoot to like utilize this platform for an interesting story. And I think it was, it was well done. I read the first issue or two of the last Ronin, which I think you've mentioned, loved it. I don't know if there's a full version out. So I'm I think the first three issues are out, but they're oversized issues. They're like okay. 40 or 50 pages. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be five total, but they're coming out like once every three months or something. Okay. So they're a little long. That's because uh, yeah, there was definitely uh, juicy, really cool. It's the story of Raphael basically after the loss of all the other turtles, I believe. I don't know if they explain it later on, but it seems like he's the last one and he's going after a family member of one of the other previous big villains. It's kind of like, the old man Ninja Turtles, old man Logan gone Ninja Turtles. And I definitely uh, cool idea and good execution. Yeah, that's I would say pretty much covering it for me for comics. The only other one that I think I mentioned before is I finally finished American Vampire, the whole series and not in love with the ending of it. I think it's actually being rebooted now with the 80s and 90s or not rebooted, but restarted. I saw it at the at the shop. But I will say Scott Snyder did an interesting job to carry this character. It might have run a little long for my tastes and got a little long in the tooth for Swisher Sweet, who is a, a toothy <laughs> vampire himself. Yeah. But sub-question, as I mentioned to Steve, we uh, if you're listening to this, I believe that uh, Scott Snyder has now started kind of an online comic book writing idea school, and I did join that. 
I think it's through his thing called Best Jacket Press with an extra T. It's Best J-A-C-K-E-T-T Press. And he's doing monthly like live Zooms with questions and kind of showing you how to structure a story and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a really cool idea. He's definitely been um, you know, a high quality producer in the past and for a long time. And I know he wrote, he actually taught writing, I think, at a, New York, a SUNY in New York. So or from this area, I think he actually lives pretty close to me I, on the other side of the of the bridge in the Hudson River Valley. So pretty excited, pretty pumped to actually try to try that out. I don't know if I'm going to, the first request was to come with an idea. So I'm going to come up with something. Maybe I'll try to make it a little how it's going corner on our, uh, on our bubbling up area. I think I'm going to sign up for that as well. Uh, if it's still open for sure. Uh, I saw that as well yesterday or two days ago or something on on Instagram, but it's a really cool idea. And if it's, what is it like eight bucks a month or something? I think it's $7 a month and it's like a weekly newsletter and a month and a monthly like session basically. So it's like one class a month or $7 or something like that. Yeah. Sounds great to me. I just want to mention my last comic here. And I know I've said this one on one of my what's the stacks before, but I'm keeping up with snow angels. It's coming to an end. Mm. This is going to be the last few episodes or issues. I forget how many issues are left, but, um, Jeff Lemire and Jock working together. It's season two, I guess it's called. It's like a comicsology original. New issue just came out as the reason I mentioned it like yesterday or like gotcha. today or last week, maybe. And, you know, I plowed through it. Still pretty solid. I think it's been four issues this season or whatever, or maybe three. It's been good. I, I want to go back and like look at it as a whole after it's done, but definitely worth a read. Maybe wait until it's over and then get and just kind of take in the whole thing. I've got a couple of actual book books that I know this is way off topic and a couple of movies that are a vibe that I think are worth, you know, I like to spread it out. I'm, I haven't reading a lot of comics. I always do, but I am a, a culture devourer, I would say. <laughs> so I watched Predestination recently, which is a Ethan Hawke time travel movie with the woman who plays Shiv on Succession, but we're talking Australian movie kind of, I think it's about 10 years, eight, 10 years ago. It's a very interesting time travel movie on a super low budget. So it's kind of a dark city-ish type vibe, but also like a low budget time travel movie starring Ethan Hawke. Pretty good and like kind of an interesting watch. It's kind of a Vast of Night vibe on its budget and how it's stylized. It's not like high budget or highfalutin. And it's really like story and idea based and visually based and an interesting piece of work. I think the person's made a couple other small budget movies since then. It's 2014, it says. I also been doing my Japanese uh, killing movies. So I watched a movie called Tokyo Drifter because it's based on the title Tokyo Drift probably. Um, but it is was also an interesting one. A uh, recent horror movie on HBO Max, The Empty Man, was actually a really good, creepy B-level horror movie with James Badge Dale, who's in a bunch of stuff like The Standoff at Sparrow Creek and Rubicon, the TV show. Like he's, You'll recognize him. I think he's in a Batman-type TV show property as well that I, I probably didn't watch. I watched the Woodstock documentary, Woodstock 99, that was also on HBO Max. I was at Woodstock 99. This is not a fun one. I was hoping it would be a little more fun. It's really just about how women were abused at the festival. So it is uh, rough. It's interesting. It is an interesting taken documentary. The Ringer, the podcast, and you know everything else network is doing a series on a lot of music stuff. They're calling it Music Box, and they're doing it through HBO. So I am going to be on the lookout for those. And then lastly, I did a little double dip on Nicolas Cage. His most recent movie, Pig, was out on streaming now. Seems like it's going to be like John Wick, where he's going to go revenge the pig but it turns more into sad story of someone who has to be like in great go back into culture um kind of like john wick like hiding but but no murder pretty much so it's it's nice to see him try to act a little bit and be very reserved versus his opposite it's really the the mumblecore movie for him and you know every five years he makes something that's like not Oscar bait, but just on the edge, like Joe, he did, or is that Killer Joe? He did Joe, Killer Joseph McConaughey, something like that. This was paired with me at the day before. I watched the exact opposite. He was in Snake Eyes, which is a Jersey <laughs> special where he's in Atlantic City. And it's like Brian De Palma. I listened to an episode about like Brian De Palma. And I was like, let me watch Snake Eyes again. Fucking good. I hadn't watched Snake Eyes in forever. It is like a sharp, tight thriller movie with quality Nicolas Cage turned to 11, not the crap Nicolas Cage of the, the, you know, if you haven't seen a good Nicolas Cage movie where he was, you know, the face-off era and the con air, this was actually, I would say his acting apex of that period when it came to high budget, 
playing a cop or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's on HBO max too. Um, so when I got in there for suicide squad, I found a bunch of other stuff that I really wanted to see. <laughs> and then the last two I read, uh, a Stephen King book called elevation that will be turned into an interesting book. It's a story of a guy who starts losing body weight, but he's not getting like, he's not losing the weight. He's just getting lighter. So he's just disappearing and it's a short novella. Pretty good. I think it came out this year or last year. And the last one, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, new book about the history of uh, making um, bombers in World War II, which was actually pretty fascinating. It's an audio book, but it has a complimentary piece. So if you're into audio books and podcasts like this, it's actually really, really, really well done. And the final one is a Jersey call out is a 1950s, 1960s travelogue about the history of the Pine Barrens called Pine Barrens by John McPhee. And I am half halfway through that. It's only about 150 pages, but it's just like a cool sit on the deck and get a little warm and read about like a pastoral piece of Americana and, and what was, and probably still a little bit is, but like and the hick, hick side of life. Yeah. No Jersey devil talk in there. Or? There definitely is. There's all <laughs> kinds of like all the great, like the names, like all the names, you know, and all these towns that you think, you know, the original names and revolution and all the moonshine. And it's all these guys that like lived there since the beginning of time, their whole families. It's this really cool book. And it's, it's kind of an, a classic in, in the, in the travelogue culture. So let me give one more quick shout out for a book that I'm reading uh, right now. The Man Who Killed, mm. uh, written by this guy, Fraser Nixon. Uh, it's like a 1920s Canadian noir film where you meet all these like random, like Babe Ruth shows up. It's fun. It's very, uh, you get the noir, you get the 1920s and you get the Canadian stuff. So it's like, it's, it's you gotta, you gotta spend the first couple chapters figuring out what the fuck anybody's talking about. But after you get it down, it's a pretty good little read. Fraser Nixon. Fraser Nixon. Yeah. All right. I'll add that one. Cause I see there's a lot of man who killed blank, the man who killed whatever. So I see uh, out there, but the man Just who the killed man. Fraser Nixon. <laughs> All right. So Steve, O's going to have last note on that. We already had a little break. So, uh, think you've gotten enough of us uh hopefully we'll try to do this a little more frequently and then we won't have five thousand things to cover <laughs> but i love talking about shit i mean that's why I, I read is to share but i don't get enough uh share points so and my lady does not care at all she watched suicide squad and she's angry at me still for that probably <laughs> so thank you guys for sticking around i hope you enjoyed if you liked it or whatever else let us know bubbling up at gmail.com or you hit us up on instagram social media blah 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 let us know what you think if you have any recommendations we're always looking for more i've got plenty but i'm always looking for more and we're glad to share with you the next two weeks after this we're going to be looking at covering the animated version of akira we might do a little bit of manga paired with akira we shall see We'll put it out on the social if we decide on some specific books. So keep an eye out there on Instagram. The other thing is we're going to do a preview and a little coverage of Why the Last Man. We both love Why the Last Man, the comic series and the TV show, I believe, will be starting in September. So we're going to kind of do a little lead in there and hopefully cover something beforehand and see if we can give our feelings beforehand and then get into it maybe a little bit here and there. I think that sounds pretty good. How's that sound to you, Steve? That sounds absolutely great. And I'll try to read uh, another 25 books between now and uh, next time we do one of these two. Star Wars only. Let's go, Jason. <laughs> Bring me some more Star Wars. Uh, so for myself, Joe Soria, and Steve, the reader, Ermosi, we say adieu and thank you for joining us on Bubbling Up. Yeah. It's the same music as at the beginning. Our buddy Chris Morgan did it. The intro's so nice, we used it twice. What? You want show credits over here? All right. I was your production manager, Steve Ramosi. Still am, I guess. And the other guy was the brains of the whole operation, Joe Soria. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope we see you on the next episode. Uh, goodbye! Great timing.